Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard of Anchor? Anchor is by far the easiest way to start recording and making your own podcast. A, it's free, and I don't know about you, but I love not spending money. B, all the tools you need to record, distribute, and edit your podcast are all built right into the app, which is available on tablets, phones, and computers, both Android and iOS. Once you record, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in the same place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Questionnaire Christian Thinker. Thanks very much for being here and for uh, giving this a chance. My name is Mickey. I live in uh, Wayne County, Ohio. A little room. I have my own uh, phone store, a pre-owned phone shop. I'll probably put the link in the description in case you're curious. And I always wanted to start a podcast, so I figured uh, now is a good time. I'm kind of transitioning from making a lot of uh, Facebook posts. Um, I tend to, to post a lot. Um, the the point is to discuss, but that ends it ends up just being more uh, angry posts than anything else. So I figured a podcast would be a little bit more constructive than that, and um, possibly a little more educational for both me and uh, whoever is listening as well. So the question that I think everybody probably has, which is good, is why is this podcast necessary? Isn't uh, Christianity, modern Christianity, pretty well refined? Uh, I mean, uh, those of you who know history, it started off as Catholicism, and then there was uh, Martin Luther uh, nailed the 95 theses of what the Catholic Church was doing incorrectly and was not biblical, and they split, became the Protestants, who became the uh, Quakers, who became the Mennonites, uh, you know, and so on and so forth, and then we get non-denominational Christians today. Each one of those steps has kind of left some groups of people who still believe that, uh, that particular set of beliefs. So there's still Mennonites around, there are still Quakers around, I'm sure. There are still formal Protestants around. Uh, Catholicism is obviously still a thing. So why is this podcast necessary? Because I think that modern-day Christianity is what the Catholic Church was when Martin Luther... Uh, nailed the 95 theses to the door and what the Pharisees were in the Bible when Jesus rebuked them many times. I believe that the Christian church is is a thing. Like, it's not just a group of people that want to worship God anymore. It's a formal capital C church, TM kind of sort of idea. Do you know what I'm, if, if you know what I mean? Um, and that's never good. When you brand something or when something becomes a formal thing, um, it tends to lose a lot of its potency and a lot of its focus. So I think that uh, there's a lot of fluff in the church. There's a lot of like nonsense that isn't really necessary or shouldn't doesn't doesn't need to be there. And I would like to really get back to the basics and the core beliefs of Christianity and why it's important to uh, stick to those. So number one, the first thing I want to talk about today. Uh, actually, the only thing I want to talk about today, but the first um, episode probably won't be super long, but uh, I want to talk about why I think the Ten Commandments should be removed from courthouses, from public spaces, and from money. Um, now, some of that's been done already. This is a little bit of an old argument. I just kind of, it's something everybody's aware of, so I figured it'd be worth going over. Um, 
it was probably the late 90s, early 2000s by now. I mean, it's a little ways back that I remember there being a lot of controversy around taking the Ten Commandments out of courthouses and off of specific pieces of money. I don't even think it was everything. I think it was uh, just, uh, it was either dimes or pennies, I'm pretty sure, because they wanted to redesign it and there wasn't a lot of space. It may have been quarters, I don't know. Uh, regardless, uh, there was a lot of controversy in the church and in my family in particular and how this is wrong and we need to keep God in our country and we need to, you know, there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. So the first thing I want to start with in unpacking this is going back to the history of the Ten Commandments. What are the Ten Commandments? What was the original purpose? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what the Ten Commandments are, the Ten uh, Rules that Moses brought down off Mount Sinai when God gave them to him specifically, that nobody saw except him. That's a different conversation. But uh, he brought two tablets down from Mount Sinai after talking to God for an extended amount of time. doesn't really specify. Um, and then he was angry with the children of Israel, with the people he was leading. <clears throat> Uh, for building a golden calf to worship while he was up on the mountain because apparently it only takes like two days to stray from God and start worshiping a piece of gold again. But they did come out of Egypt that was highly inspired from the, the, that period of time. So, you know, I guess it makes sense. Um, he threw the, the, the tablets down and they broke and they were remade and eventually put in the Ark of the Covenant. Um... So the Ten Commandments have always been a uh, very important aspect of Christian beliefs, and they've been uh, kind of a, a pillar, uh, definitely a pillar, actually, for almost every single religion that bases itself from, from something in the Bible. So uh, that would include you know, anything that, we, that considers Jehovah or Yahweh uh, to be the one true God. So that's not just Christianity. <clears throat> but here's the thing, is that in all of those Ten Commandments, many, many of them, especially in uh, modern day, I'd say America, um, Western world, probably it's more of a problem than anywhere else, but um, they're just taken so out of context. And I could never understand this as a kid, um, being brought up in very conservative Christian household. Um, so I was like, like why, like, how is this, like, how is it a sin to smoke, for example? Um, the Bible doesn't talk about smoking. I mean, they had smoking back then. It's not like they couldn't have talked about it, but um, there, there's, like, you know, a, a passage that talks about how we should respect our bodies, and it's a temple of the Holy Spirit, so therefore, since smoking is bad for you, it's disrespect, like, you know, a whole trail of thought. Um, but it's, it's that sort of idea where... Uh, for example, the one that says, uh, if I ask you uh, which one of the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not lie, you would probably try and think of a number, because clearly that's one of the Ten Commandments. Um, it actually doesn't say that. Uh, I didn't think to look it up right now, um, so go ahead and uh, double-check it. It's in Exodus, I know that, um, but that's, that's even better, because uh, then you can check your own facts, and it's a little more interactive. Um, and you can fact check me, 100%. Uh, tweet at me or uh, comment on the YouTube video and fact check me and we can have a discussion. Um, but anyway, the actual wording in English 
mind you. This was not written in English. It was translated to English from, I believe it was, it was either Aramaic or Hebrew. I can't remember. Probably Hebrew at the time. Um, it says, Thou shalt not uh, bear false witness against your neighbor, which is very different than a blanket statement of do not lie. Uh, bear fault, don't bear false witness against your neighbor has more of the point of, uh, it's getting towards like, you know, don't, um, don't turn your back on somebody who you are uh, close to, or your, your neighbor in the Bible is, is defined as anybody, really, but because um, we're supposed to, you know, love all people, treat all people uh, equally, kindly. So really, anybody's your neighbor, but I think, I think what this was getting at in the context of, of the culture in, back then was probably more in a court of law, um, personal as well. But uh, probably it, was, it sounds like to me it was worded for a court of law. Like, don't come in and directly lie and misrepresent somebody whom you are close with. Um, so, you know, don't throw someone under the bus. Don't slander their name. That, that sort of idea. Um, which I think is really interesting because uh, all Christians, 100%, will all teach you in Sunday school and... Uh, kids church and classes everything that lying is sin directly lying is a sin you do not lie if the Nazis come to your door and they ask if you're hiding someone you tell them yes because that would be lying and God will save you like that sort of idea all that being said lying itself is not wrong and I realize, even you heard my hesitation as I said that, like, I was like, is that, is that right? Like, is, am, I, am I speaking this correctly? But, uh, yeah, I, um, that was actually cool. I kind of lost my spot in my notes for a second. And I was like, am I saying this correctly? But, yeah, I mean, um, there's a story in the Old Testament with Elisha, who is one of the most popular uh, prophets of the time. He studied under Elijah. I would say one of, one of the most popular prophets in, in the entire Bible. Um, he did many, many, many really cool things. Like, it's even, like, even if you don't believe it, it's still a really cool story. There's a story of when Elisha, let me try and get this, uh, get this straight here. Elisha, it was during wartime, uh, the Israelites were at war with, I believe it was the Philistines again, they fought with them a lot. Um, so the, they, somehow they, they were tipped off that the Philistines were coming uh, as, as a surprise attack. Elisha, uh, working with God, you know, um, being in communion with him constantly, was like, I'll take care of this. And he went out and met them, and uh, God gave them temporary blindness. They all turned blind, they couldn't see anything, they were completely trapped, and they were completely helpless to the, to the, the wilderness and everyone else who might have been around. So Elisha was like, hey, like, let me, yeah, like, I'm, I'm close to, to your city. I'll take you back. You'll be safe. No worries. And he led them directly into Jerusalem. <laughs> and they, like, immediately, as soon as, as, soon as they shut the gates, God, God lifted their, uh, their blindness, and they realized they were trapped. And they were bamboozled by God and Elisha. And uh, the story goes that they were fed and they were treated well. And that they were like, we're not, we don't want to fight with you, but if you keep fighting with us, we have to go back in peace. And they left. So I remember learning this in high school, and 
the the thing I caught notice of was that the the key element in this story is that Elisha was used by God to save Jerusalem, in this case, from a surprise attack, because he lied. And that's not something that I expected to see in the Bible, or hear taught in Sunday school, where I believe I was at the time. Um, so, like, where does that leave us? And I, I asked my youth pastor, I was like, what, like, what, he, he directly lied. Like, this isn't like a twist the truth to, like, save somebody's life. Like, this is a direct lie. And it's Elisha, one of the top, like, most revered prophets in the entire Bible. And he was like, okay, well, don't, don't make a new religion out of it. But yes, it was okay that he lied. So, again, not basing it off him. I just think that his, his take on it was interesting. Um, but based on the passage, and again, feel free to read this. I don't remember what book that, it's probably in Judges. I don't remember exactly which book that story is in. Um, but feel free, again, to, to fact check anything you want, and uh, we can talk about it. But... Um, that story it was revolutionary to me, and it changed the way I saw the Ten Commandments and rules at the time. I think I was like 16. So, I mean, he directly lied. And he, and he was rewarded for it. And now we have it thousands of years later in the Bible, and he's, as, he's revered as, as a very intelligent person for doing that. So um, that's, that's one of my, the first things I want to talk about. And then the second part... Uh, regarding the history of the Ten Commandments and kind of ones that were broken, whether or not they were intended to be broken or not, uh, is Abraham, actually. And everybody knows who Abraham is, father of the, father of the Hebrews, father of the Jews. Um, God made a covenant with him, promised to uh, keep his line alive in the Old Testament. And uh, I'm sure everybody knows who Isaac is, his son Isaac, who was miraculously born to his wife when she was like 90 years old. Um, now, I don't know how common, commonly known this is outside of Christian circles, but Ishmael was his second, his, his other son, his first son, actually. Um, God promised him that he would have an heir because obviously he needs to have an heir to keep the line going. And he was like, God, that's impossible. Uh, we're like 90 years old and we can, can't have a kid. And he was like, trust me, I'm God and I'll do it. Um, so instead of trust him, he got scared. Actually, his wife got scared. Uh, probably both of them. And uh, he had a child with their maid. And he was named Ishmael. Now, the Bible says that, that uh, Abraham's firstborn son will be the heir to the people of, of God. Um, that which is where Islam comes from, because they believe that Ishmael was, in fact, that chosen son. Because uh, even though it didn't work out the way God told him it would, it was still his firstborn. And this kind of thing happens in the Bible a lot, where God will make a promise, people intervene because people are human and they make their own choices, and he goes with it. He's like, well, you made the choice. You didn't listen, but now you have a king, or now you have whatever the case may be, and uh, we're going to go with it, because you guys chose. So that's where Islam comes from. Um, but uh, Abraham, it was discussed that Abraham did not have faith in God at that point. But it was never mentioned how he uh, was married, and how he had a child with another woman, 
like none of this infidelity kind of stuff is ever mentioned as far as I know, as far as I can tell, nothing has ever mentioned about that, which again, I always thought was very curious because that's, I mean, number one sin in modern day America is um, cheating and sex before marriage. So like, why is this thing for Abraham, again, one of the, the most revered uh, Christian people in the Bible, is leaders of the Bible, I guess. It just wasn't mentioned. Like, he didn't bring it up. God wasn't concerned with the morality of what uh, Abraham did at this point. He was more concerned with the, the promise between him and, and uh, God. So... I always thought that was that was a little interesting as well. I mean, uh, we can go on and on about that, but that's that's the the, the basic point of the story is that uh, Ishmael was allowed to live. He was still loved by Abraham and God, and he was he was told to let him go, don't kill him, all that kind of stuff. Um, again, you can read that on your own, but uh, he was never condemned in the way that that modern Christians would condemn him. He was condemned for some things because that was correct. He did not listen to God. But he was not condemned for the uh, 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 infidelity part of it, which, again, is another one of the commandments. Um, uh, The commandment says, do not commit adultery, which uh, in modern days pretty much don't have sex (laughs) and don't talk about it if you're not married. I mean, if you are married. Um, that's kind of the, the cultural, social vibe of it. Um, but, I mean, technically adultery is cheating on somebody whom you are with. And uh, technically, you know, that's, that's what adultery is. It's not flat-out blanket statement, don't have any sex unless you're married. It's don't cheat on, the, some, on somebody whom you are married to. And those are actually two different things. So... One is being in a committed relationship and choosing to be with that person and uh, only that person to, to you know, maintain um, that unity. And the other one says, seek for the, the modern day interpretation would be seek that person and don't ever think about uh, ever anybody in that sort of intimate way until you're married and then everything's good like that that's it's all a bunch of like very black and white lines and a bunch of like it's, it's just not how people work um even psychology you know just flat out not even not even anything with the bible it's just not how psychology works it's not how the brain works um so i just thought that was interesting um so my conclusion in all of this is that jesus died jesus was the completion of the law um, when he died, the veil tore. It opened up the Holy of Holies for everybody else. God was now accessible to everyone. Literally the entire reason the Old Testament existed was looking forward to Jesus coming, to the Messiah coming, whom we believe Jesus is, the Jews don't, um, and completing the law. So we therefore are no longer bound by it. That's the, the whole story. That's the whole point of the story. So even on that basis... The Old Testament shouldn't be taught at all because it's completely irrelevant. It's closed. It's good for content, like historical context, but like nothing, period, in the Old Testament should be relevant at all uh, in today's society. 
most of the Ten Commandments were repeated in the New Testament by Paul and some other of the apostles saying like, hey, you know, you shouldn't bear false witness against your neighbor. You shouldn't covet things, which is really vague. But, well, that's a different, <laughs> that's a different uh, episode. But again, that's the whole purpose of the veil being torn in two. And Paul talking so much about being freed from the law and uh, dying to self and not being under the influence of sin anymore. Uh, I'm not going to use a whole lot of scripture in this uh, because that's a very that's a very Bible college thing to do, in my opinion. Like we are, we most of the people who are going to be listening to this have heard these verses a million times over, and you're pretty familiar with what the Bible says anyway. On a, on a certain degree, but if I need to specify something, then I may read it. Um, and I do have a verse for today. Uh, as, as far as the veil being torn and uh, the law being closed, it says, it's Romans 10.4, and it says, For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. So, like, the whole point of Jesus coming and that whole entire story is that it was to complete the law. Like, that's it. That is the blood sacrifice in the Old Testament was to cover the sins until Jesus came as a perfect person to permanently cover you. It's like a credit payment, pretty much. So, um, just something to think about. Um, you know, in conclusion, to recap, um, Elisha lied. Abraham had two sons when he was only supposed to have one. Both of them were never once condemned for their morality. Um, again, that was in the Old Testament, but um, this is why I think the Ten Commandments should be removed from things, because A, it's irrelevant, it's in the Old Testament, and B, most of it's pretty mistranslated nowadays, and it's not very relevant. Um, so, again, that's all I got for today. Um, it's about, you know, not 20 minutes, it's not bad. <laughs> um, 100% feel free to check your own facts, to look up the, the scripture, to... Um, I mean, I think the Bible, the, like the ESV Bible app is free, or you can get it on Kindle for like two bucks probably, um, if you don't have one for whatever reason, or just use Bible Gateway, or use Google. You know, <laughs> there are a million ways to find this. Um, but feel free to check your own facts, comment, reply, send me a DM on Twitter. Um, Army Studios, R-M-E-E Studios, is my, uh, uh, my, my handle on everything, actually. So feel free to follow, and um, I'll see you next time. Keep asking questions.